Hello and welcome to 10 Pence Arcade Podcast. I am Sean Holly and we are middle-aged men mm-hmm. playing playing middle-aged arcade machines and one of those two things has aged better than the other and I don't think it's us my friend. Who are you? Who are you? What are you doing? Well Where my are name you? my name is Victor Marland aka Vertvik and you speak for yourself son. I am a glorified Spring chicken. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair I'm, I'm fluffy and yellow and have a massive orange beak. I thought, yeah. I thought, is that not a, a suit or is it how you normally look? That's how I normally look. Like a big bird. Oh, you've changed. I've you've changed, changed since, since you moved up to Scotland. Sorry, I said it wrong. Big burb. Yeah. Burbs. <sighs> We've just re-recorded the intro and Sean got it better this time because the first time he did it, he didn't even say who he was or where we were or what we're doing. <laughs> We're doing the Tempest Arcade podcast, as he rightly said. We're on podcast 180. If you've not been listening before, go and get the other 179 and ram them in your ear holes immediately. And this time we're going to be talking about the sequel to 1942-1943. What have you been up to since the last time we spoke, young man? Well, putting big red capitals here, COVID. I got COVID bad. Uh How How did you manage that? Were you licking floors again? I don't know. It was after door play, handles. It was a, a day after play Blackpool, you know, and there was a Uh-oh. lot of people. There's a lot of people there. It could have been that. I didn't get it. Mm. I I felt like I had a real bad flu, cough, cold, everything. Uh, one day, mm-hmm. I think we recorded on that day. I came back and I felt, well, I've got a sore throat and a bit of an headache. And the next day, it like really hit me. Oh. And I went, I still went to work and thought I'm all right. But Wednesday morning, I tested negative, mm. but I, I was wiped out, completely wiped out. So I didn't go to work and tested positive on the Thursday, like a bright red lines. And then, then that was me like stinking cold, stinking headache, no, no sense of smell whatsoever. Oh, I didn't know it was stinking then. Mm. Uh, yeah. Mm. Wife told me you need a shower, you stink. Yeah, stinky. You big stinky get. When I had it, I did two tests uh, from the up the nose jobbies. Because I didn't Mm. like stuff in the back of my throat. It's horrible. And I I felt rough, felt rough, just really tired. No no cold, no cough, no headaches, just really weak. Did one in the throat. Bright red. Uh oh. This was a while back, and I haven't had it since, luckily. And uh, I was three boosted then as well. I'd had all three boosted. So I, I think, even though I felt rough for almost a week, and just really tired and weak, I think I would have been much worse if I hadn't had them. So I'm so glad I had them. Yeah, I've got... You're feeling better now, though, yeah? Yeah, I had a, a, a lingering headache for about two weeks. It just wouldn't go away. And my smell, my taste is coming... Sorry, my smell... Is about, I would say, seventy percent back. I never had any of that, luckily. But I was, yeah, I was just completely. I was, I was awake for, I'd say, I was awake for four to six hours, and then I slept for two hours, mm. and I was, and just knackered, and I was like that for three or four days, just sleeping like. Oh. But eventually, I'm, it's only last week when I stopped taking headache tablets, you know, mm. all the time, and that was like that's a month ago. But oh God. I'm better now, though, Vic. Eek. And and more bad news. Tell them. Go on. Your mouse's score. Your mouse's score has been beaten. My mouse's score was beaten. It came up in my feed, so I tried to log on to Twin Galaxies, and you need 
you need a PhD to get on it at the minute. Oh, your oh. Pass, your password has expired. Log on. Get a password reset form on your phone. It comes through with the old Walter Day logo on your phone with no button to press. Right. That's handy, isn't it? Yeah, so I eventually found out how to do it, reset my password, and then it said, your password has expired. Please reset it. So, right, kept going and finally got in and, <laughs> and, and viewed this mouse performance by martin patrick you got 275 900 and mine 229 300 yeah but this is and, is this is this is mame isn't it yeah it's, because it's very, not many of the boards exist we only know one board that exists and mr porchy's got that and he has mm. so that is on mame did you actually watch any of the performance i watched it up well yeah i watched the last oh, i don't know about 10 minutes it's not a long game really because he's not being your score by that much so how do you know how many levels he was ahead of you no so obviously you can you can point scab and get more points and you don't need to necessarily be ahead in levels to get a higher score it's not really worth doing that because you get no. such a bonus at the end of each level oh, i'm yeah. not sure but it gets up to like sixteen thousand or something twenty four thousand. Twenty four, from what i remember jeepers but i actually beat that score about a month after yeah, admitting to Twin Galaxies. So I've got three hundred thirty-six thousand. Did you record I, it? Yeah, I did, and I've still got Ooh, it as an I got one in the pocket. I, so I could upload that, but could I be? Can I be bothered going? I think you being, should. I would be petty enough to do that. I'd be like, no, you're not having my bonus. No, the rigmarole of it, and then trying to get people to vote on it. It was a month. And I just gave up in the end, and <sighs> then all of a sudden, it was it was okayed. It's a pain in the backside, isn't it? What I reckon you should do is book a flight to Chicago, yeah? Mm-hmm. Get to the Galloping Ghost, get one of their uh, their camcorders on a stand and go and complete it there. Have they even got it, though? I don't think so. Ooh, you have to take your own board with you and plop it in a machine. When I was at your house, I beat my world record, didn't I? Yeah, Remember? on your second go, I think it was. Yeah, What did you the get board. then? Did you beat this score? Or was it 244? 230,000 or something, but I didn't beat the 275 world record at a minute. No, but you've got loads more than that. I reckon you'll be kill screening that soon. Mm, if you I keep should, at it. I, should, I haven't practiced it for ages, but mm. I should do, really. Yeah. Right. What, what else? Hey, this is good. Right. Is it? Is it? Go on. I've put random D8 peak district break. Is that a date? No, it's a it's a an eight-sided dice right from my old role-playing game days what that you can get eight-sided dice and they look like two little pyramids stuck together okay <laughs> so i had i had three days booked off and me and wife i said where are we going to go where are we going to go we don't know i said let's leave it to the lords of fate oh so i drew a compass i drew one of them was this the lords of fate or the lords of fart yeah this the second one okay so I'd, uh, you're going here. I drew one of them direction things, what do you call them, like a compass. Yeah. Stuck it over a map of Blackburn. So Blackburn is, is like, middle. And yeah. then I, ro- I rolled this D8. We rolled it this, this D8. And, like, if it was a 1, it was north. It was If it was a 2, it was northeast. If it Did was you end three, up in Israel? If it was 3, it was east. If it was four, it was southeast. So we rolled a four. So I put a line from Blackburn southeast, and it I, went. I can through. hardly contain my excitement. Go on. <laughs> Honestly, we did this. If you end up in like Stockton, I'm going to come around and smack you. 
It went through the Peak District. Oh, okay, first, that's nice. That's nice. First interesting thing it went through. So we went there. Oh, cool. We, Peak District is nice. Lovely. It's it's lovely. The, it's like a mini Lake District, really. The, they've got some peaks. Yeah, but no lakes. No, and it is a district, I suppose. Mm. But yeah, mm. we went went to a couple of lovely castles, and then we we joined English Heritage because you because we went around two castles, and they said, "Oh, we'll give you your money back, and you can get a, a year at sixty quid or something instead of hundred and twenty quid, and yeah. you can get a refund." Like that. So we've joined English Heritage as well as National Trust. So we, we're going to go around the country looking at castles. We were in both of those because it's very useful for dog walking. Obviously, we're in Scotland Shire now, so we have to get a Scottish one. There is a Scottish equivalent, which we probably will do before long. Mm. Nice. You went to, it says here, Peveril Castle, Matlock yes. Bath. What's Matlock Bath? It's a little, it's a, it's a town sort of near Matlock. And they've only got one bath. And it's very strange. It's got like a promenade, like Blackpool. And right. it's just a, just a river, and they call it like the... Not the promise, and perhaps I think might call it. It's very weird, and it's got a river, and it's got like arcades along the front. Oh, hello! And and chippies and stuff. And I had a look in them. There's like nothing, not a lot there. Mm. Very little. It's all like. If you'd gone boring. there in 1985, it would have been good. I, what I did see was a medal game. Do you know what a medal game is? They're a Japanese thing, aren't they? Yeah, it, it you was saw a medal game in the UK. Yeah, it had been converted. How weird. It just said Namco Medal Game, mm. and it, I can't remember what it was. I think it was a dance thing, but it was like a candy cap style, style of thing. Oh, but it did you take a picture of it? No, I forgot. Oh, you foolish man! Should have took a picture of it. I'd like to have seen that. Sounds good. Yeah, it was just a normal game, but the, the cab had been converted. Because wasn't it they gave like. Pachinki, they give the balls out in Japan and you have to take them next door to... Yeah, st- it was something to do with circumventing gambling laws. Yeah. And medal games, I think you won medals, little coins, and you could exchange them for other money or other goods. I can't remember. I, I listened to mm. a podcast a while back about medal games. There's a lot... There were a lot made. Konami did a lot of them. Mm. That was one of their biggest businesses at the time, I think, the medal things. Obviously, the other big companies, Sega and Namco and that sort of stuff, did similar. Yeah. Oh, okay. But no yeah. no more arcadey stuff lately? We've got something coming up, but not recently. Uh, no, I don't think so. Play Blackpool was the last one, wasn't it? Hmm. Uh, ter- rubbish things been going on with me. Uh, rewire of the house at exactly the wrong time in my life. It couldn't have happened at a worse time. It was obviously planned, but other things came up. So... We had to go away for a bit, and we came back, and the house had been rewired, because you, you couldn't stay here while it was being done, because it's just dust everywhere. There was mm. like five or six electricians in there. They descended on the place for three days. They were ripping up sides of the wall, wires going in, parts of roofs going down, the floor was up, everything was going on. And when we got back, everything was covered in a thin layer of dust, and we're still cleaning it now. It's just what mm. happens. Um and everything was all over. And everything we've we've moved, everything we own, into the middle of the rooms. So everything that's yeah. in a room is in the middle of the room. So they had to get up, you know, into the floors, the side of the floors, and up the, the side of the sockets are the light switches. We've had uh, new fire alarms and smoke alarms put in. We've had uh, doorbells and cat six put into the walls. So we've got all the sockets in, in certain rooms. We've got. Cats, cat six. Yes, cat. No, not cat six. Sick, six cats. 
Can you not hear them? <laughs> I just put the microphone near the, near the socket a minute. Cat Four 6, cat. which is to do with Ethernet. So we've got Ethernet in every room. And also, yeah. you know, USB chargers on most of the sockets and things like that. And just a lot of stuff going on. And a new consumer unit put in there. It was quite expensive, a rework. It's an old house, you see, and it needed doing. But it's all done now. It's done. You should have got a Cat 8, you know. Cat 8's out. I know, but it's not a lot of... Um, Internet service providers don't need it that that yet. It's, it's it can carry like thousands of megabytes, and there's no service that actually gives that at the moment. Mm. So it's not really needed. And it, I think Cat Six goes up to like one and a half gig, and we've got 950 meg at the moment, which is more than ample. Yeah. So that's all been going on. So everything, all my arcade stuff that was downstairs in the soon-to-be dining room, has had to go upstairs into the old big bedroom and the big bedroom is really big so our bedroom has gone into a slightly smaller room which is more than enough and this is going to be my arcade and my nerd hobby room to make things in so it's going to be sort of two things but everything is just dumped in this room at the moment i'm sort of at a makeshift desk in front of my computer doing this podcast everything is everywhere and the arcade machines still need to come upstairs but i need to sort this room out first before i can put them up and to bring the arcade machines upstairs i haven't got enough muscle to drag them up myself and me and wife can't do this so what I have to do is get a lot of the cabs take the monitors out have to ground them first take them out because a lot of the monitors are not just a frame which you can just grab and pull out they're sort of attached to the inside of the cab so I have to take the anode cap off and get all the wires off and take the tubes out and blah 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 and then the machines will be a lot easier to carry up the stairs and obviously the ponies which are a metal constructed um, candy cab They've got to be taken completely to bits to move them because they've got 28-inch monitors in them. So there's going to be a lot of work doing. But, I mean, I have got the time now. We're not sort of pressed for time, apart from other stuff going on, to tidy this place up. So I'm going to be really busy doing stuff like this. And there's lots of other stuff going on as well, which I really could do doing it without at the moment. Um, and the listeners will probably find out about that before the next recording. Um, mm. I'm also waiting for 140... Uh, Sanwar buttons that have been delayed from my supplier because there's been a massive delays from overseas deliveries recently um, to finish off a bunch of joystick cords. I've got a load of joysticks halfway made and they've been sitting around for ages. I've got all the overlays now. Just need the buttons and I can sort of finish them off. And then there will still be over 50 on order to do after that. Which oh, I mean, wow. order the boxes for. I mean, the boxes and stuff come pretty quick and I've got a lot of other gear for them. But it's just, it's just like, it's an admin thing, really. I quite like making them, but ordering the stuff and actually getting rid of them into boxes and sending in the mail is just admin I don't want to do. I'd rather just the magical fairies to come in the night and do it for me. But actually making things I quite like doing. So I'm waiting for those buttons that should be here at the end of the week, hopefully. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, we are both planning the Supersoft Arcade Archive launch in Stroud later this month. This is Alex's new venture into his arcade museum, arcade archive. And he's having a soft launch for a lot of the UK VAT people, I think. And we'll also be able to look around the RMC cave as well, which I'm really interested in seeing. Um, I sincerely hope that my circumstances will allow me to go to this. I know you and a bunch of our friends are going, most definitely. I have penciled it in, and I really want to go. But I'll have to see what goes on with that. Yeah, I think the soft launch is the 19th. Oh, is it? 
Yeah, and then the, we're going to the hard launch, which I couldn't make. Yeah, because it's mother-in-law's 80th. Oh wow! Yeah, so we're we're, we're sorting that out, and the, the the proper launch proper is the 26th. Yes, that's the one we're going to be going to. Yeah, I've got my ticket. I bought my ticket today as soon as they went on sale. I think it's um 20 quid. But that's that's everything. That's you know you get into the see the cave as well and all the cabs and cool. It's supporting Alex and it's supporting the whole venue really. Excellent. It it, it looks. Have you been watching the videos? It looks. Really I've seen a good. few of them. Yeah, it, it looks mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. Both both areas. The arcade archive mm-hmm. has got so many really cool cabs in there, and mm. I know because I know Alex personally for a long time. He's a good friend of mine. I know what he did when he used to live near me to his little arcade room. It was brilliant. I mean, there was shelves full of games, beautifully laid out. He had lovely lighting in there. I actually helped him make the thing. I mean, do bits of the wall for him and stuff. And everything was laid up really nice. His Nintendo cabs were on there together. It was just a beautiful place to be. Tiny, but brilliant. And now he's Mm -hmm. got a proper place to put all his stuff in. And he's opening to the public. I think he's going to do an excellent job with it. I'm really looking forward to this. I've seen bits of it, and it looks great. Yeah, I went, I went down to his mini arcade a few months ago, and, that, and it's. I think he's taken a few cabs out to put in the museum, but I think he's going to replace him. Yes. But yeah, that that's attention to detail, you know, lovely neon lights. and yeah, that was just... Neon lights. You like that Kraftwerk song? Beautiful neon lights. Oh, what is that? I don't think it sounds like that. No, it doesn't. I'm sure it doesn't sound like that. Yeah, but you know what Alex did for his own home? You can mm. imagine what he's going to lay on for the public. He's going to be oh, the yeah. next step up, I think. So, yeah, looking forward to that. It's going to be good. Hello, I would like to know, what are the games you've been playing? A lot. So, we we have been playing games, Sean, uh, in amongst lots of other things going on. I haven't been able to play many arcade games because I had to move things recently. I did... I've been playing a bit of the 1943 on different levels, which we'll talk about later on. And I haven't been playing many arcades, because I haven't been able to get to them for a while. But, many Famicom schmops. You'd be proud of me. Oh, well done. Yeah, arcade is all over the place, as is a lot of... Well, at the moment, my video game stuff is everywhere. I've got a PVM next to me. I've got a plug there. I've got another monitor there. I've got a 28-inch TV over there. I can see a PVM there. I can see a twin Famicom there. Some drawers there. It's just everywhere, mate. There's stuff everywhere. Mm. It's all round. <laughs> Love is all around, and console stuff is all around. So, yeah, when it when it gets to it, it's going to be a brilliant room. I'm, I'm going to do the thing in here when I get time. I'm going to put like shelves around the top where the, the rail is. There's going to be lights in it. There's going to be fancy carpets. There's going to be all sorts of groovy stuff going on here. I just need to get my imagination to work to work out what I'm going to do in here. But wife's going to be on the case helping me with it as well because she's really good at that sort of stuff. But um. <sighs> Until then, it's going to be a miserable time removing monitors from cabs and getting up the stairs and all this sort of stuff. But as I was getting to earlier, I've been playing a lot of Famicom shmups just because it's on this little tiny screen. It's a little thing there. I've been checking these new Famicom carts out, which is the thing I've been collecting, and also playing stuff on the on the uh, EverDrive, the games I haven't got yet. So Exit Exis, B-Wings, Fantasy Zone, Dragon Spirit, Image Fight, Sun Sun, Star Soldier, and I'm really, really wishing that Famicom had got a version of Volgus. It could totally pull it off because it's almost the same 
kind of game. It looks like the same engine as Exodexes did, and that is great on the Famicom. It's a really good little version. But mm. it's weird that Sun Sun, which was Capcom's first game, and Exodex, I think, was Capcom's second game, or was it Volgus' second? Mm. They're really early ones, but you'd think it would have yeah. come out, and then they did 1942 and 1943 and all this sort of stuff. You'd think that they would have done that, because it's been a fairly similar game to make for the for the Famicom, and obviously bringing out arcade games to the home market would have been a winner. I always think a bit snobbish. Why would you play the inferior console versions when you've got the arcade originals to play? I always think that. Depends. In 1984, when it came out, if you lived somewhere that didn't have an arcade near you, like in the main city town or working on a, on a coastal area like we were in the UK, you might not have seen those games and it might be the only place to play them. And they're a ton better than the 8-bit computer versions that came out. Way better. Mm. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, back in the day you, you could do that. But now, when you've got the choice, I, I, I wouldn't... Yeah, I just wouldn't buy a, a NES and carts and stuff. I just... Sean, mm. get out. Don't you I dare don't... diss the Famicom. So what have you got there? See, Dragon Spirit, Image Fight, Sun Sun, they're all, they're all better. Star Soldier you can't get. You can't no. get Star Soldier. They, they are but... better in the arcade, obviously, because the arcade was a dedicated PCB to play that game with much better hardware. But the versions on the Famicom are very close. They're really close. And I find with the Famicom... Most games are slightly easier as well. Obviously, for the home market, they weren't trying to drag your 50, 100 yen, 10 pence, quarter, fennigs out your pocket. So it's a bit easy to play. And obviously, they want you to have more enjoyment out of it, especially if you paid 20 to 30 quid for a cartridge back then. But I, I really do like the versions. I like seeing the differences between the home versions and the arcade versions. Because stuff like uh, Russian Attack or Green Beret, which we got it in, in the UK and Europe, on the Famicom, is quite a bit different to the arcade version. There's more levels to it. Oh, yeah, I suppose there is that. They so there's slightly different extra, levels. Extra stuff, can't they? Yeah, it's a very similar game. I mean, it plays in the same kind of way. It plays really well, but there's extra levels to it. And stuff like, there's a game on the Famicom, I'm not sure, I think it's the same version as the Commando, but it's called something else Commando on the Famicom. It's a terrible version. It's really flickery. The collision is terrible on it. it it's nowhere near as good. Like the Commodore 64 version, in this case, was better. Uh, the Spectrum version was better than the, than the Famicom or NES version. But on the NES version, there's bits you, you like bomb something and a little hole in the ground will open up. You go down there and it's like an extra little level. You shoot a bad guy and then collect the prisoner or something. So there's little extra bits in there. They've added to it. Maybe yeah, maybe they add some more so. room on the cartridge to put another bit in, so they put some in. So there, there are little differences to mm. some some of the home stuff. So I was playing Arkanoid Two on the Famicom, and I need to get one of those one of the uh, the dial controllers for it to play it properly. But you can play it with a pad. And at the start of Arkanoid Two, you have to you have to sort of complete a boss level before you play the game. So it's like the end of the first Arkanoid, where you go against Vouch, you know the, the weird robot head. It's mm. not as hard to do. You only have to hit him like five times with a ball or something. And then the proper game comes on and starts playing. Well, that's weird. It is a bit weird, yeah. And I think, so the image fight of Dragon Spirit, you have to do the same thing. You've got to do a little boss fight at the start before the game starts. And I think it saves it on the cartridge once you've done it. You've only got to do it once, I think. But it's like you sort of, it's like a continuation of the game. So you have to do that bit before you get the game proper. 
it's odd, but it's, it's, it's good. You obviously didn't do that in the arcade. You put your money in and off you go. But yeah, I've been enjoying those games. And I did earlier in the month, I was on, I updated my Mr. Multisystem as well. Oh, yeah. And there's more of your favourites on. There's more cave games come out. They're doing the course for the cave games. And what was the other one they did recently? Oh, they, they're bringing cores out all the time. All the time, mate. Well, another thing I downloaded and played, and I said I was going to do it, is someone, I can't remember the guy's name now, but I think it was Paul, did a Berserk version on Pico 8. Have you played it yet? No. That's, it's oh, really I've good. It plays, it. it plays just like Berserk, but faster. And like the Famicom version, you get little extras in it. He's added extras to it. Like when we spoke about it, when we did Berserk and Frenzy, and we said what we'd like, you know, if we could make the game better or add to it, different weapons, uh, vulnerabilities, all this sort of stuff, and little secrets in there. And he's done that, and the game plays a lot faster. So you've got to be careful not to run into stuff because you are moving around quite quickly. And there's an option where you press one button and you'll stand still and shoot like you do normally in Berserk. And there's the other mm. one where you can hold it down and run and shoot, almost like a two-way shooter. Oh. So it plays really well, but it's hard because you're so used to playing Berserk how we play Berserk and even Frenzy. You have to play this differently. It's a different, completely different skill set, but I really like it. And he has done, or is doing, another game. Was it Burger Time? Can't remember now. The guy's very talented. He's really good. Really impressed with it. Oh, I know what he's doing. He's doing Beam Rider, which Ooh. is a very similar game to the arcade version of... Radar Scope. No. Juno First. More like Juno First, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's between the two, because Juno First you get yeah. backwards and forwards. But yeah, it's, it looks really good, though, and he's adding extra things to that. And I know that was a big hit on the 2600. Big hit. Mm. That's about all I've been uh, playing, really. What have you been up to? What have you been playing? I've been playing for certain reasons. Yeah. I'll go into it. I've been playing Sounds for ominous. Like, a nice pure shooter with normal power ups. Flying Shark from Toa Plan, nineteen eighty seven. Toa Plan. Oh yeah. I've been watching a guy. I've, I've, I've given a shout out to him. I think he's called Shmup Junkie, and he just he, he went through every Toa Plan game, and I thought, God, this is good. And the, that's you, fl- isn't it? Sure, it wasn't you. Yeah, it's me. But Flying Shark, I forgot. It's a bit of a groundbreaking game. Loads of people copied it. Yeah. Like it was before Twin Cobra, and every, everyone all of a sudden is doing these like World War Two or biplane shoot 'em ups. And Flying Flying Shark was instrumental in some of the things it was doing. Raiden copied it, and yeah, I remember because we we thought it was the other way around. Thinking, oh, Raiden was the first, and we went back and went, hold on a minute, it's before that. And you play Flying Shark, you are oh, hold on, that's similar. The tanks coming out are very similar, and it's just everything sort of went from there. That, that's yeah, that's Twin Cobra that they've really copied. Right. Yeah, even down to way some of the baddies looked. Yeah, and also have another Turplan one, Vimana, which yeah, is I've played it, I think. Which is you've got two buttons, you've got fire, hold down the fire button, and then it you, like a green glow goes around your ship, and then you spray a load of bullets off. Right, and then you've got these very clever little smart bombs that you press them, and they they. Sp- Break into little balls, and the little balls chase around the screen and kill stuff. Ooh. And that's it. That's pretty good. V- very simple, clever power-up system. Are you listening, 1943? Hello? Uh-oh. 
It's getting riled already, kids. I am. Um... Oof. Oof. That's, that's what I've been playing. Arcade News. Right, this is not arcade news because we ain't got any. It's been a bit of a not been really. A quiet, a quiet news month, hasn't it? Quiet month. Obviously, the the new stuff's coming out. Arcade Heroes always has, has this new like Redemption or VR or whatever. But we don't want that. No, 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 no. We want remakes, and we want homebrew and just stuff. Yeah, <laughs> stuff. But- it's getting less and less in it. I mean, the arcades died out in the nineties, early two thousands. For goodness' sake! So, whenever we get some decent news, maybe mm. you know stuff like you know, things that are coming out, we can put in arcade machines, perhaps you know FPGAs and stuff like that, and just you know news for us people who like arcade stuff and ports and you know versions coming out on modern consoles, things like that. that's going to be our news from now on. I think. Yeah. But go on then, this is not quite news, but it was a, this a thing on a, Twitter, a, wasn't it? I saw this as well. A thread from Jeremy Riley. Jeremy he said, Riley. He said, I don't mean to be controversial, but one of the reasons I like my mister is because it has a limited set of arcade games. Obviously, mm. that is that is expanding all the time. Yes. I'm playing a, a lot less of arcade games and a, a lot more of a lot less arcade games than yes. I was before. And then there's a big discussion going on. I wouldn't say less arcade games supported than men is an advantage, blah, blah, blah. I didn't say it was an advantage, choice yep. and no choice. And It's a massive long thread, but I, I agree with him because less, some, less sometimes is more. A bit it, like... It really is. It's Right. I completely agree with Jeremy Riley. <laughs> All my systems, right, Mr. is one of them. It's got uh, an SD card in there with loads of ROMs on it, right, and loads of different systems. So the one I've got in my multi-system has got, it's got some arcade stuff, but it's mainly my console and computer stuff. I don't put an, oh, and that, my main systems, my EverDrives, my SD card solutions to computers and stuff, all the things that I don't have to load on disc and tapes and all this sort of stuff. I don't put a whole ROM set on ever, ever, mm. ever, ever, because all you'd be doing is scrolling through if you ever get, if you download a whole, say, a whole Master System ROM set, complete ROM set, right? A PAL one or an NTSC one or whatever, you'll find you'll get probably five or six versions of the same game. You'll get the Japanese version, European version, the world version, Asian version, the American version, whatever. And they'll be exactly the same usually. You might get some different language in some of them. Absolutely pointless. You're going to play one of them. Get download the one that's your language. It's that simple. Just have that one in there. It's not. It's very rare. Another version of a home game is going to be any different. I mean, there were some little bits in some. Some some people might prefer maybe the American version because it runs in sixty hertz or something. So that's something that simple. But you need one version of it. And you know, for me personally, I absolutely dislike sports games, racing games. Uh, certain RPGs, you know, turn-based fighting games, uh, turn-based RPGs or simulations or, uh, you know, strategy games. And they're really not for me, so I'm never going to have them on my system. I'm going to have the games I like, you know, shooters, mm. fighters, platform games, puzzlers, uh, you know, exploration games, run and guns, all that sort of stuff, the things I like. Yeah. And if you have thousands of games on your main system, you're just going to be scrolling through the damn things, you know, half the time looking for the game you want to play 
and you tend to have this this a tendency to play a game, get stuck on it, go next one, play another game. And you yeah. won't actually sit there and, and practice and get better at it and you know challenge yourself, challenge your friends, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So it is better just to put the ROMs you like, the ones you know you like, your absolute favourites, and then every now and again just go, right, I'm gonna try five or ten new games. That one looks good. That one looks good. My mate told me that one's good. They're doing this for a certain podcast uh, challenge. I'll have that one as well. Put them in there and get into them. If you don't like them, get rid of them. It's that simple. If you do like them, put them in your favourites. That sort of mm. stuff. You can have categories on, on certain uh, front ends. Like Marley, you can have favourites. You can have... I, I've got a 10 pence one with all our 10 pence ones in. I've got vertical ones. I've got horizontal ones. I've got uh, ones that are twin stick. I've got ones that are you know different control methods, whatever. And it's just a way to do it. I think if you put thousands of things on there, you'll never play all of them. And you'll just get bored looking for the game you want. Even if you can scroll through the letters A, B, C, D, you'll still have so many on there. You'll be scrolling, and there's no fun in scrolling. You need to play. Yeah, I've got, on, on my cab, I've got about, it's it's just parents, no clones, no, no. Yeah. And there's about three and a half thousand. But it's it's kind of like research as well for the for the... Mm. podcast and on my laptop i've got the the bog standard main gui which is fine for me yeah and you can laptop, you can yeah and you can filter out you can filter out non-mechanical fruit machines yeah because no one's gonna have those problems. there's ones with just bios on there they don't actually yeah. do anything you can't play them they're not games so you can filter all that like out mm. you, you know and that, it's just a standard filter so i've done that because i think the roms i've got are I can't remember what they're called, but they're like a... Oh, Gavin and Derek, I think. Yeah, so when you unzip Derek... Yeah. Like oh, hello. Lucky Derek. <laughs> you get 1942 and all the other versions. Yeah. But it, you, don't, you don't want them, so I you know, no. filter them out. Yeah. Because what you can do, if you've got, say, a full set, you can then make up a, a sub uh, page, whatever you want to call it, a sub whatever, with okay. favourites in. So when you find mm. a game you like, you can just drag it in there... And have it in your favourite. So when you want to just play your favourite games, have that on and have your ten, hundred games on there, whatever, rather than thousands of the damn things. I think it's absolutely pointless having every single game on there. You might as well just drag and drop, pick and place the ones you want and have done with it. And just get into them. Play them more. Mm, yeah, I agree. I've got my favourites. I've only got about 20 in there, but I still go back to them. Yeah, I've probably got a hundred or so, I think. Ones I really like. You know, ones I remember from playing as a kid playing uh, at ports on the computers when I was a kid, ones I've got into since, you know, stuff we found like Balook, which you never even heard of before, and it's just it's a massively brilliant game. Yeah. Just stuff like that, you know, ones we've found since we're doing the podcast. And even horrible ones that we've done in the podcast that I don't ever want to play again. I still leave them on there because it's just a history of what we did. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, it's a good it's a good thing I think to to have less is more sometimes. You can always drag a game on there. If it's a MAME system that plays thousands of games, if you find one you really like, drag it on. It's that easy. If you find mm. one you really hate and you hate playing it, get rid of it. I still, I still haven't managed to get rid of um, Make Tracks. I hate that game, but I keep going back to it. Absolutely hate it. It annoys the hell out of me, but I keep going back to it. My glutton for punishment. <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird one, that, isn't it? Yeah, it's so... It's the noise it makes, and it's just really difficult. But I keep... Whenever, whenever I see it at a, a meet or a, a, an expo, I will play it. 
It just sucks me in. I'll end up just swearing at it and walking away and going back to it again. It's Ooh. a good idea. It's a good idea for a, a maze game, the way you've got to sort of go over things quick and, and scoop things up. And it gets hard on. very quickly, and that the sound it makes is so harsh. Mm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Ooh. Oof. Here's another one. Arcade news. This is hilarious. You know the arcade one-ups that I'm such a fan of? Yes. <clears throat> They've got, inverted brackets, a pro series coming out. Oh, great. This is of killer instinct. You know that the fighting game, which is a bit like uh, Mortal Kombat kind of thing? It's a gory one, isn't it? Killer instinct. Not for me. There's five different versions of it on. They're all emulated, obviously. They're not using arcade hardware. They're emulated. Um, the screen is a larger... It's a larger cabinet. Do you know there are any little sort of three-quarter things before? It's a large, almost a full-size cabinet. It's got a 19-inch LCD screen, of course. It's got upgraded speakers, uh, and it's actually got HAP controls. We're actually using HAP joysticks and HAP buttons now, rather than just some cheap things they used before, which get broken very quickly. And it's laughably $995. Ooh. Where normally they're, what, $350? Something like $400? I yeah, I won't be getting one. Put it that way. It's not. It's not our market, is it? It's the. It's the dad that's grown up with Killer Instincts, and he sees it, and he and he thinks, "Oh, I could get that," and he plays. Well, it'd be it just like the arcade, and yeah. half the time they are happy with it. I think. Yeah. You know, if they're not yeah. like us nerds who are properly into it, who know where the arcade machines are, who know where the arcades in the UK and wherever you live are, you know, they're happy with it. But I mean, I think even with the the arcade one-ups, they were having a lot of problems with things wearing out very quickly on them because they were using quite cheap... They're very thin wood for a start. They made up quite thin wood. The controls weren't great because I've seen lots of broken ones. Mm -hmm. And I think the emulation and the screen resolution isn't great either from what I've read about them. They never quite get the resolutions right or the frame rate or whatever it is. So they're never quite up to standard. So, yeah, they could do better, I think. Not sure if these ones are going to be any better than the Pro Series, but a lot more money, over double, I think, than the normal prices. It just reminded me, a little bit of arcade news, there's an arcade, so-called arcade, somewhere in America, I saw on, it was actually on a, a, a like a news program, a small news program, that a, a new arcade is opening, something in their town, and it was all arcade one-ups. Oh, that no, arcade no. isn't going to last a week. Uh, I promise you, I'm not. I'm not being mean to arcade one-ups. You know, if we've got one, I'm all all power to you. <laughs> but you struggle um, to say that in in an arcade environment with the public, especially if they're drinking or they're heavy-handed, they're not going to last very long. They're going to have a lot of uh, repairs on their hands for these things. Mm. Yes, probably not the best bet to. Uh, and I don't even think. Illegally allowed to do that with these things. I don't know. Not sure. Hmm. Not sure. It is. It is. Yeah. It's a thin. They are licensed, aren't they? They're licensed by one. These are, but some some in other places are not. Definitely not. Just Mm. put Pandora's in, and away you go. Well, these are one ups. I presume they're licensed. I'm not sure if they're licensed for play with the public. I don't know. Anyway, I won't be going to that arcade. So it's okay, and it's in America. If any of our American listeners do actually go to this place, um, I'll try and put a a link in the show notes for where it is. I can't remember now. But if you go there, do us a review. Be interested. Speaking to 
James RGP about it, about emulation, because obviously he works at uh, Pixel Bunker now for you know doing doing mm-hmm. stuff for them. Yeah. And I said, what do you think of this emulation? It's it's easier, isn't it, than than repairing boards? And he says, you think about it, the amount of setup you have to do for a uh, like a, an emulated system and get the PC running and put the software on and that. Yeah and maybe the repairs and stuff he says if you've got the knowledge and you've got a board that's got a fault a proper board yes you can swap a chip in five minutes and it'll be right again for another five years yeah absolutely he's got a massive point there i mean i wouldn't if i if i was going to open an arcade say i was i was a sucker i was going to open an arcade i mean i I wouldn't i've not got the guts or the gumption to do it and you thought right okay i can't afford Lots of arcade machines, lots of screens. I haven't got the people to fix them. I can't afford the boards. I'm going to do arcades. I'm going to be totally honest about it. Emulated, but you know, put different games in. The, the, the cabs are themed. They look like a real arcade machine, but they're running emulated software. Okay, If you're allowed to do it, just say hypothetically you're allowed to do it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't trust a Windows computer running MAME to last all day, every day, five, six days a week for very long running the mm-hmm. same thing because I've had this problem with my emulation of my pony cabs I had a very good setup which was a computer in there a cut down version of Windows it runs uh, a read only version of the heart of the hardware so or the software so you can't corrupt the C drive when you turn the cab off and stuff like this it only works on a partition it's probably the best way of doing things that killed itself I turned it on one day and it had corrupted and it only it had one job. You know the saying, you've only got one job? Yeah. It did, and it couldn't do it. But that was the vertical machine. The horizontal one, which had exactly the same setup in it, has been running fine ever since. So you just cannot trust Windows. You can't. Mm, no. I'm not sure if a Linux system would be better or um, you know, a Raspberry Pi version. I don't know. But yeah. The one in my cab is groovy arcade which i've said which is linux and it's arch linux which i'm not very familiar with but i've got my head around it yeah and that just runs fine it's just fine just runs runs and runs and runs yeah and it's so easy to install yeah because all all the menus are on the screen i think i think some some of the groovy mame windows setup you have to do on a pc i'm not sure i don't know if they've got over that now right but this, you just plug in a USB stick, put it onto your drive, set set your 15 kilohertz, away you go. You've got to, got to put your ROMs on. The USB stick, I mean. But that's it. Done. But, but James is completely right as we get back to our point. If you had to run a, a computer running an OS and then run, um, you know, software on top of that, running the ROMs, it's probably got more chance of breaking down and you have to mess around with software and all this sort of stuff. But if you had a board, especially if you had a, a, a backup board, you take the board out, put the backup board in, your game's off and running again, and you can go and fix it in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Some of these Pandora's boxes things, they are getting better. Over the years, they are getting better. Yeah. But it's still not as good as a PC with the lag and, and you know the features in the games and that, I don't think. Yeah. So you could, you could do that, but... You know, when you've got a real board and then you've got someone with knowledge and they can repair it and keep it going. Oh, yes, it's number one. It's the best yeah. best thing to do, isn't it? Even mm. a bootleg board, which is a damn sight cheaper than a, you know original board, and they are, I've got a feeling they're one-to-one nearly always. 
they, they run mm. the same hardware and everything. They might be slightly different on the board, but they they want almost a, a lot of bootlegs are one to one copies. They mm. look exactly yeah. the same. Just I've got the markings on. Yeah, it's a point there. Biscuits with you. Biscuits with you. I heard about you. Biscuits with you. Right. Should, should we have a little coffee break, Sean? Yes. And what do we have with our coffee? Well, we have some biscuits. Of course we Mr. can. We've got one by proxy here. Oh, yeah. Because I like the look of them. This is from James Middleton, James Wisemids, who we met at Nerg. Yeah, so his Twitter profile there. has got him holding a massive fish. By the way, yes, that's it. Yeah, massive fish. That looks like a carp. Mm. Well, tuna, tuna's massive, isn't it? That's not a tuna. How many tins of tuna do they get out of one tuna? At least a thousand. Oh, millions. Million, a million. Millions. And, and they charge you like a quid for, like, I wonder how much you could get a get a tuna yourself for a tenner. Chop it up, put it into little bits, shred it, put it in a tin. I hit some, you with a tuna. Put some brine in it, whatever that is. Shut put Brian in it. Poor old Brian. <laughs> put Brian. Help! Help! You want help! I'm in a can of tuna. Tiny man stuck in this smelly can. And yeah, you'd be away. Anyway, this. Is, where were we? Oh yeah, James Mitch. James yeah. Middleton. Yeah. Yeah, he's recommended Ooh. Belmont, which is an Audi brand, caramelized biscuit creams. And I was going to get one for for this podcast, and then something happened. Do you do know that caramelized biscuit basically means rip off biscoff? Oh, is that what they are? Oh, oh, it my looks God. like oh, it. Looks I'm like it. And I everyone forgot. loves a Biscoff, don't they? I forgot, so I'm taking his word for it that they're very good. Yes. And he is reading the latest version of Retro Gamer in that tweet. I read that mm. in Tesco the other day. You stood there and read it? Yep. I read it very quickly. Mm. Mm. It's good. It's a good read. I recommend reading it in Tesco. Or, or, or buy it, or buy it, yeah, yeah, definitely buy it, buy it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, don't yeah, yeah, buy it, yeah. yeah. Shh, shh, yes, buy it, yeah, yeah. What's in Victor's wallet? We don't know. Let's find out, shall we? Ooh. Uh, I have been recently buying things. HCG uh, 101 FDS book, which is a hardcore gamer 101 Famicom disc system book. It was oh. Hardcore Gamer 101 is a website, and they do some fantastic books. I've got a few of their books, actually. I think I've got one on Konami Games, I've got one on Namco Games, one on Capcom. And this is a, a book on Famicom Disk System games. It's basically nice little screenshots of a game, Famicom Disk System, which we didn't get in the UK or anywhere in Europe. It's Japanese only. And it shows you some nice pictures of the actual game running, tells you all about the game, uh, when it came out, how much it was, what colour of carts it's on, and you know, all this sort of stuff. Shows you a picture of the, the inlays and all that sort of stuff, and loads of interesting things about it. It's a really good little read. I would certainly recommend Hardcore Gaming 101 books. If you've got a specific interest, Hardcore Gaming 101, do a good version of it. The website's really good. There's, if, it is, If you want yeah. to look at... They do a lot of shooting up histories where they break it all down. Yeah. You know, like, like ride and they go through the whole lot, you know, from the first I think I've got a Schmup's book of theirs, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, they're, I haven't got any books. I think I've got a PDF. I think they were doing an offer on a PDF and I think it's oh, yeah. Sega. Is it Sega? Probably. Most probably. 
on a humble bundle or something, you know, them things. That yeah, you... yeah. But yeah, they just do great, really in depth, and you you know they you know you know they know their thing when they're on about shooters. Yeah. And and like cave stuff and stuff and more stuff and stuff. Yeah, go check that. It's, I think it's I think it's hg hg one hundred one dot com. I think. We'll put a list in the show notes. Or a link. You know how you know, the list and links, perhaps. You know mm. how I'm not, definitely not, collecting Famicom Disk System games? Yeah. I've got Load Runner on Famicom Disk System, Block Kazushi on Famicom Disk System, and 3D Hot Rally on Blue Blue Famicom Disk System. It's a blue disc. I only got it because it was blue. <laughs> so I'm definitely not collecting those. I'm not. I'm definitely no. not collecting those. But those ones, i got two of them uh, as a really good offer. And I've already got um, Russian Attack, which Alex gave me ages ago. So I've got a few of them. I mean, I've got a Famicom Disk System stick, which is like um, a USB version of it. So it plays all the games on, mm. on the proper hardware of the Famicom Disk System. So I've got them. I've got them all anyway. But I bought a few of these discs because they, they've got really nice covers. And I bought the blue one because it was well blue, blue. You can get red and white ones as well, and a pink one, I think. So I need to get one of each colour. But I'm definitely not collecting Famicom Disk System games. I'm not doing that. Good. Make sure you st- you stop. Yeah. Not not collecting. Yeah, I'll be I'll be doing that. They're absolutely pointless because the discs are really finicky to load, and the disc drives they're not great. Mm. You might as well just play them off the Famicom Disk System disc uh, stick I've got. But these ones, they just they, they look nice, Sean. They look nice. <laughs> I have also got... Uh, I've been getting quite a few Famicom carts. I have got 110 now. Wow. And I've got, I think, two or three inboard coming coming inboard as well. I think they only made about 130 Famicom games, you know, so you've nearly got them all. No, they didn't. They made a lot more than that. Oh, sorry, uh, a, thou- a thousand. It's about a thousand, I think. There's loads. Yeah, I think it is, isn't it? But I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm really... I'm a rubbish collector because I don't care about boxes. I don't care about instructions. Uh, all I care about is the cart working. It's a nice colour. It's got a nice label on it. And I think, I think I've only got like three games that I can't play because they're Japanese text only. But they were really nice looking. They were cheap. They weren't expensive at all. They were like two or three quid. And I got them because they, they were a nice colour and they had a nice label on and they look good, but pointless to play. So I've got a ton of games that I, I do play, and I actually put the cartridges and play them now and again. But I've got them all on an EverDrive anyway. But I've got mm. a really nice collection, and I've just finished. I've got one coming through the post now, and I've finished the Namco 18. The first 18 Namco games on the Famicom were actually numbered. And I've got mm. all of them. I've just got the last one, uh, Battle City, which is... The arcade port of Tank Battalion from Namco. Yeah. And that yeah. was an expensive one, but I got it for about 16 quid, which is really cheap. You know, it's like 30, 40 quid and more. So I got that one coming through the post. I just received Xevious the other day, which is a good version. It is and good. It I've, got is all good the, I've got all the 18 now. That one's just about to come in the next couple of days. And I've also got all the IREM LED carts. There were six cartridges from IREM that got a little LED on. Because the Famicom never had an LED on it. So when you turned it on, you didn't know it was on or not. And when you turn this on, the little light on the on the cart glows. 
So I've got all six games of that as well. So I've got those collections. But Cam- Capcom lettered their games. So Capcom TA is Trojan. Uh, what else have I got on my I've got my list in front of me here. Uh, I think Sun Sun had an S was SO, Capcom SO. There was a few like that. Uh, Makamura, which is Ghosts and Goblins, was Capcom MK. So I might have to get some of those as well, but I'm not a collector. I am not a collector. No. <laughs> and talking about things you might collect, I'm not a collector, mind. I got a Dig Dug Quarter Arcade Cab. This is from Numskull Games. And it yes. is glorious. I really like it. It's lovely. I'm looking forward to the new... I think the new one that's coming out soon is the Space Invaders one. And it's actually got a reflected screen in it. I've seen it. We saw it at Play Blackpool, didn't we? Yeah, I think they were trying to get the license sorted at the time, weren't they, with, with yeah, Titan? Yeah, it's the one coming out, I think, early next year, I think. Oh, that's good. I've heard some other ones that are coming out as well, but I've been sworn to secrecy, but they're good. They look good. Sound good. Mm. Um, oh, this is another thing I picked up. I was coming back from Montrose the other day, which is a little bit north from me. And I dropped into Glenrothes to pick up a glorious 28-inch 4.3 Sanio TV, CRT TV. So it was 25 quid on Marketplace. How cool is that? God. 25 quid for a massive telly. Um, I'm really hoping I can... I haven't opened it up yet. But I've, I've turned it on. I've plugged a Mega Drive into it. It looks lovely. Plays lovely. Sounds great. I'm hoping when I open it up, the tube on it will be suitable to put in one of my ponies. You know, I've been after these flipping tubes for ages for the two ponies that are knackered. Mm. Hopefully, it's a certain uh, coded tube that I can use with one of those monitor chassis. Uh, I'm not sure if it is, but I'll have to look inside. If I open the damn thing up and look inside, I haven't had a chance to do it yet. But even if it's not suitable, I'll use it for a beautiful big screen for console games. Because I doubt I'll ever own a 29-inch PVM. And they do exist. You know, I've got a nine, I've got a fourteen-inch PVM, Sony PVM, which is one of the broadcast monitors for playing console games on. Yeah. Apparently, because I always wanted a twenty-inch one, because there is a twenty-inch one, but they're like rocking horse poo, sparkly unicorn rocking horse poo, and they're expensive. And I found out I was looking on eBay the other day; they do a twenty-seven and a twenty-nine-inch PVM. Imagine a twenty-nine-inch PVM. God, I that's heavy, that metal case. Yeah, it's a metal case, and it was 1600 quid on eBay. Oof. If I was rich, I would bought that in a second. It'd be awesome to play. The picture of that's amazing. It'd be so good to play games on it. But alas, I haven't got 1600 quid kicking about for that. Mm. Got to put a kitchen in my house and things like that. Meh. Uh, possibly <laughs> a reverse pickup. I'm yes. probably going to sell my Dig Dug Euro cab. I mean, it is a favourite game of mine. I really love Dig Dug, but I don't play it very often. Uh, I can play it loads of other places. I've, I've got spare boards, so I'll always have an actual PCB of it, even if I sell this one. And I do not want to take uh, a basically a full-size upright cabinet upstairs. And if I do sell it, and I'll always replace it if a cabaret... Dig Dug comes up, the proper Atari Cabaret, which only 500 were made. If one of them comes up, I've got some people looking out for one for me in America. If one of them ever comes up, I would just buy it. 
simple as that. I'd buy it because I've always wanted the cabaret version of it. I've always wanted that, and I'll buy it. So if I if I do sell it, I'll always have another one one day. I'll be able to play it as as a proper game because mm. it also saves the scores on the PCB. It's got a backup on there, and I'll take that one out of my cab with my my five hundred and something thousand high score on it. But yeah, I'll probably get rid of that. I just don't want to take it upstairs, and I haven't used it for ages, so it seems a bit of a waste. Hmm. 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 You've got some burly mates there that can help you lift the stuff up the stairs. Yeah, but if I ever wanted to sell it after that, I've got to take it downstairs again, haven't I? It's a pain in the backside. Hmm. Listener feedback. Would you like to uh, feed my back? Yeah, it's feedback. City Steve. Just catching up with this month's pod as usual, and you were talking about Rally X. It goes on, the saga goes on. Mm. Then again... I always called the 80s horizontal shooter on the 8 and 16 bits micro X out. It turns out it was cross out. Yes, I, I knew that. I played that, yeah. And the scrolling on the screen says cross out. I remember mm. this because someone I knew had this on the Amiga. It was called cross out. And I think the, the sequel was Z out or Z out. Mm-hmm. There was a sequel to it, which was Z or Z. I don't know. Maybe it was... Uh, it was Twizzly Mark out. I don't know. Yeah, that's one called Get Out. Get Out. Get when out. You, get Out. When you go into someone's house and try and steal the biscuits. Yeah, they'll always say and Get you, Out. And you've got like a one of them Nerf guns, and you have to shoot him in the knees. Yeah, absolutely. Two point two points for each knee. Or you can use uh, digestives if you nibble the corners off. Yeah. You know, sort of as a shuriken, and then just use digestive shurikens. <laughs> Ow. You've just invented digestive Crumbs shurikens. in my eye. McVitters will be doing digestive shurikens if they listen to this, which I know they do, because they yeah. sometimes ring me and say, do you want some custard creams? I say, no, you don't manufacture them, do you? I said, no, sorry. And that's that. A quick... Do you really believe the listeners are going to believe that you would turn down custard creams? Come do on. Do you know what? You wouldn't. Yeah. I've, I've, you know, I've been eating posh custard creams quite a bit lately. Which You've is gone the up in the world, son. Hobnobs Oaty Creams and also the one which is the something else creams from Foxes. Yeah. But I've they are very, very nice, but I've gone back to custard creams. Right. Let me just let's have a second. Let's have, let's pause. Which is like a third of the cost. Let's have a pause and yeah. just think, right? I'll give you something to think about just for a few seconds. Mm-hmm. Imagine those those foxes custard creams mm. in actual Custard. <laughs> Hold it. Think yeah. about it. Yeah. How do you feel? I'm gonna go. To, gonna go to the shop now. We have to pause this show. That does sound good. I don't think a Dunkin' biscuits in custard. Oh, mate, you haven't lived. Uh, have you, do you do that? I swim in it. Do you dunk like proper Devon custard? You, you dunk biscuits in. Oh God, yeah. I'll I've have never custard. thought of I'll have that. custard. With, on, around, or inside anything to do with custard. Oh, oh no, Victor's drinking pints of custard again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the feedback. Deadlock's been on. He says, yes. hello, Tenpence Arcade and Sean Holly. That's me and you. You were talking about two-player in Ant Stream, which I've not tried for two-player, but here is, there is Fightcade. 
This is another kind of thing. Fightcade.com. It's really good. It's a lot more than just fighting games. It also supports Windows, Mac, and Linux. That suits us down to the ground, doesn't it, son? So this is a way of playing games online with your friends. I think so, yeah. Ooh, I, can, I can see Cleopatra Fortune, which is a Neo Geo game. I can see Dodonpachi Doju. I know someone who likes that. Uh, mm. Double Dragon, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Dynasty Wars, uh, Demon Front. That's a good game. Fire Shark. Oh, there's quite a few arcade games on there, isn't there? Mm, yeah. That's interesting. We need to do that one day, mate. Let's have a, a, an evening where we can play, play each other at some games. Yeah, you down do. in Blackburn, me up in Glasgow. Mm. Cool. Very good. This bit of feedback's about 1943, actually. There, there was there was talk about it being three buttons on Twitter, and it's not three buttons. It's two. There's, yeah, it is two, and I'll explain why why people think it's three, but okay. why they did think it was three in the review. So this is Ross Ross getting onto it. He's on about bashing all three buttons, and we've got a new name for him. Ross, Big Button of Destruction. That's his new name. Big Button of Destruction. Oh, okay. Uh, Mr. Messi's been on with his scribbly pink hands. He's talking about 1943, and he says, for a 79-year-old game, the graphics are amazing. <laughs> Much better than Tennis for Two. I quite enjoyed playing this. In fact, I think I like this game better than that other one. What was it called? The one with a similar name. I think he's on about 1493, which is an even older game. Mm. And he's put his score on Sidekick for us. Adam Flint, I've recently discovered your excellent podcast and wanted to join in. We play another monthly game and sending in a high score. For the moment, I'm playing the game as if alone in an arcade in the 1980s with no recourse to YouTube videos. That's good that I did that one recently, didn't I? Mm -hmm. uh, although in the 80s, I might have watched better kids play the game, so I don't disapprove of watching expert videos. I'm just trying to see how well I can do on my own. As per your instructions, I'm playing 1943 in a default difficulty of eight. In case you're interested, attach a, attach a photo of my main setup, a Lenovo Android tablet with MAME 4 Droid, that's a really old version of MAME, that, yeah. installed and a couple of Bluetooth 8-bit do, 8-bit do, 8-bit do controllers, allows me to carry an entire 80s arcade around with me. Thanks for the great listening. Regards, Adam. And this is from Twitter, Jada uh, Haller or Yada Haller. When I was small, this was the only arcade in my city behind the Iron Curtain. Arcades were considered as an imperialistic invention that converts children to West agents or some other BS. I can say that the West has succeeded. I put every penny, and this was Czech Karuna, that I have in it. So well done, Yada, for uh, playing arcades in the Czech Republic back then. Mm. Awesome. So the last bit from Small Space Arcade, Christopher Greenhill. Greeting, gents. My last email, almost also my first email, was badly timed. I sent it just before the latest episode was released, submitting my score this week as I really believe I have reached the limit of my skills. I hope I've got his score in there. Let me just write it down. Uh -oh. I, think I, have. I have. I remember his name. I just can't get past the yeah, he's, he's talk about and talk about game. Love the game and enjoy playing it. It's the time to yeah, talk about the game again. Yeah, quick, we can put this bit in the other bit and then talk about the bits. Well it done is. on that. Well done on that f feedback, Sean. Very well written out. <laughs> oh, my God. Keep up the great work, gents. Thank you, Christopher Greenhill. And he will never send feedback in again. It's on about exactly what I'm going to talk about, so I'm going to leave it. That makes a lot of sense, Sean. Thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> Hillock. <laughs> uh, right.
Friendly shoutouts. I'm going to give a shout out to a YouTube channel. Which Ooh. I was on about Shmup Junkie. I'm addicted to watching his stuff. It's really well done. He knows his shooting maps. He's got loads of boards. Oh, yeah. So when, so when he plays a game, he, it shows you him putting the attaching, attaching the jammer connect to the board. Oh, but right. then the actual footage that you see is a is a computer. So he doesn't have to film the piece. He doesn't have to film his cab. Yeah. So he is actually a, a billionaire because he owns all these expensive Shmup PCBs. Yeah, he's not got them all. He's got a lot of the Teleplan ones. Yeah, they're quite expensive. I would like to shout out to Jake Smith and Sonic B, uh, my Famicom mates. We've been sort of swapping stories and things about Famicoms and what we've bought lately and all that sort of stuff on Twitter. Uh, also, my brother, recently, Aaron Marland, for being an absolute trooper lately. Uh, we'll talk about that probably in a later episode, but he's been absolutely brilliant lately. Oh, brilliant. And I give a shout out for John Beresford for being second in the world, in the world, on one of the most popular games, arcades in the world, Outrun. Oh, yeah. How far is he off being first in the world? Well, he's got 50, nearly 51 million, and the the world record is nearly 53 million. It was done in 1987. Right. And I, I'm saying to him, do you think... It's do you real. think... Yeah, it's real. And he, he thinks it is possible to get 53 million. Right. And what he does, right, he doesn't break, he doesn't take his foot off the accelerator ever. Wow. On outrun? On outrun. And that's what you do. Oh. So how would you get any more points by getting, like, a, you know, better corners, getting around the corners quicker? Yeah, there's... There's very certain areas where you can drift corners and stuff like that, perhaps. I don't know. Tiny, tiny little improvements, I think. Cause what, it, cause for another there's... two million points over the course of one game, you reckon? I know, I know that the score on Outrun goes up like telephone figures because it keeps going, doesn't it, really fast? Is it yeah, going like two million could be like 10 seconds a game play. I suppose, really. yeah, it could be, couldn't it? Yeah, so Ooh. well done, John. I voted when I could finally get on Twin Galaxies. Oh, I God, voted for that. Flipping sight. All I hear is people getting annoyed with it. I had to become verified. Verified for what? I don't know. Anyway, I'm on. You are verifiable. I know that. Yeah, I know that, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so shouts for them lot. Shouts, well done kids. (laughs) Well done kids. Homebrew Heroes. Have you seen this, Vic? I have not. What is it? I haven't been on the, the, the notes lately. Oh, it is a mega, I think it was done in 2018 actually, 2016. It's a Homebrew Heroes mega version of Qbert. Oh, okay. On what format? It's it's on itch.io, so it's obviously it's a free game you can download, or you pay a certain amount of money for it. It's for the Mega Drive straight Genesis. And Hello. It, it plays really quick. Victor likes the sound of this. The the maps, well, no, no, levels are a bit more bonkers. I tell you what, I've always liked a game of Cuba with not just the pyramid. When you make like different levels of, of you know, the shapes up, so you can go across the levels and stuff, rather than just going on a pyramid all the time. There were games, there were home ports of that, obviously rip-offs of Cuba with different shaped levels. And this sounds just the thing. I could probably put that ROM on my EverDrive and play it on my Mega Drive, couldn't I? Yeah, it looks really good. Hello. Check that out, kids. I will be check checking it. that out, son. Check it out. Ch- check it out. <laughs> You alright? Yeah, I'm just having a bit of a, okay, an, yep. an, epi- an episode. Yeah. 
this. Uh, oh, uh, oh. Arcade Master Quiz. Right. I would like you to quiz me the heck up. Quiz you right up. Do it. Right. There's loads of points in here. It's only 10 questions. What do points make? Prizes. <laughs> what is the prize? I'm serious. What's the prize? You you um, get to play the get the featured game of my choice for 10 hours. God. It's a good one. I, I know like it is it. as well. Go on. Give me a quiz, mister. Give me a quiz. Right, it is the 7th of November, and it's time for the 90s. It's a three-pointer to start with, right? Go on. There's loads of points in this one. Right, Amida, Amida, was listed, distributed, according to Flyer Archive, by three different companies. Three different companies. Can you name them? Yeah, I can name two. Go on. Konami. Yeah. Stern. Yeah, what was what was the full name of Stern at this Stern time? Stern Electronics. Stern Seaberg. Oh yeah, because they, they they buddied up with um, a jukebox maker, didn't they? Yes, that's a. If you listen to the They Create Worlds podcast, there's the history of Sega. It's amazing. Mm. They're just it's so convoluted. How how they're still going? Well, they are still going, but yeah. And there's one more. I'll give you a clue. It's a French company. Oh, was it like not Lijak? No, I have to rush you. I don't know. Karatiko. Oh, Karatika. No, Karatiko. Because there is a company called Karatika, isn't there? No, it is Karatiko, isn't it? Yeah, they're French. Probably... I did not yeah. know that. Yeah, ah. little flag. Ah. Question two. Two more Amidar questions. Mm-hmm. What is the colour of the maze squares? When coloured in on the first level. Oh, are they yellow? No, Pink. blue. Blue, are they really? Yeah. Are you sure your eyes aren't wrong? I, I, che- I checked a couple of versions, so they're all the same. Okay. What was the bootleg of Amidar Call? Amidar Call, should get this. Oh, Amigo. Yes. I think there are some other ones as well, but Amigo is the one I know of. I've only got, I saw one on arcadehistory.com. Data East game, Rootin' Tootin', which we have done. It's awesome. What was its other name? La Papa. Yes, well done. Such a good game, that. I'm glad you found that one. And plus or minus 10 podcasts. What number podcast did we do it on? 123. No, 141. Boom. Question four. Yeah. How many buttons is there on a control panel on a Puyan game? How many buttons? Four. Yes. Can you name them? One player start, two player start, and a button either side for ambidextrous players. Yes. I'll give you two points for that. <laughs> Love Damn points it. me. It's, it's a two player stick, isn't it? Yes. I often think I often think of picking that, but I play it for ten minutes and think this and is so. I hate so, it as well. I hate it's it. So annoying. Yes. Right. Number question number five out of the possible ten points. No idea what you said. None. <laughs> Name bonkers horizontal shoot 'em up biplane shooter where you swing a hook around like a loon. Boogie wings. Yes. Right. Another part to this. By who? Oh. 
I'm thinking, no, it's not them. It's not them either. Gonna have to rush you. I've, I've, I've put the kettle on. <laughs> I'm thinking it's not. Yeah. No, give up. I just guess at saying Konami. It's not though. Data East. Oh, flipping bottoms. What year? You got to guess at the year. Eighty-nine. Ninety-two. And what was it called in Japan? You want you, you if you get this, you get two points. Boogie Wingu. <laughs> Boogie Woogie. I don't know. Boogie, no idea. It was called the Great Ragtime Show. Oh God, I have heard that before. You know, yeah. I thought it was. I thought the name was actually Boogie Wings, and then it was the subtitle of it. Yeah. Boogie Wingu. It should be called Boogie Wingu. Boogie Wingu. Yeah, like Banco Palibu. Right, question six. What what type of game is Aqua Jack? Aqua Jack. Maze game. No, it's a space harrier into the screen firing thing on a boat. Mm. Now this was sort of eighty eight to ninety one period. What hardware would you say this is on? It's a Taito game, so what hardware would you say it's on? F three. No, t- System Z. System Z? System Z. System Z. Right, question seven. Can you name any of the Taito System Z games? There's only ten on here on System 16. So Aqua Jack's one of them, and it's 88 to 91 Taito. Oh. There's a really famous one. Hmm. Oh, I know some games just before that. Uh, like Volfied? No, no. Not on there? No. How about Arkanoid 2? No. I don't know. Chase HQ? Oh, is that far ahead? The yeah, Sprite Col- Scalers? Continental Circus, they all are. Double Axle, Power Wheels. They're all racing games, aren't they? Yeah, Night Striker, Racing, Beat, Space Gun, I've heard of. An SCI, Spe- Special Criminal Investigation, which is... Yeah, I don't like any of those games. Chase HQ2? No. Right. Oh, you're not doing brilliant. This must be very hard. Well, I'm doing well. You've got seven out of seven, but there's but there's like there's yeah, loads of questions. Loads of questions. <laughs> <laughs> right, question number eight. Right. This yes. is a you could get loads of points. The Neo Geo hardware. Can you name the main CPU? Sixty-eight thousand. Correct. The sound CPU. Oh, is it an AY? No. I wouldn't know. Is it a Z80 running more sound? It is a Z80, yeah. Because they they use it to run other parts, don't they? Other synthesizer chips and stuff. Give you a point for that. And yeah, the CPU is a Z80, and the sound hardware is a YM26. Oh yeah. One O. That old. That old. It's a Yamaha again, though, isn't it? The YM. Cheese grater. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Right. Resolution. Can you give me the resolution of a Neo Geo game, standard Neo Geo game? Oh. 582 by 480? No, 320 by 224. Is that all? Yeah, because it was before the medium res stuff, weren't it, really? Yeah, of course, yeah. Main RAM. How much RAM did it have? 32 meg. 64k. Is that all? 
Yeah. Wow. Because the, ma- the, the carts on Neo G were really big, but well, that's the storage space they took up, not the actual RAM, isn't it? It's a ROM I'm thinking of. That's main RAM. Have a guess at video RAM. 16K. 128K. Oh, the wrong way around, didn't I? Because it was quite so, good video hardware, wasn't it, on the Neo Geo? The main ROM with the BIOS. How much on that? Oh, 8, eight or 16K. 128K. Was it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Right, I'm going to leave all these now. I'm getting bored. You're going to get bored then, because they're not getting right. right. The, there was one, two, three, four variations of PCBs. Oh, for slot. Neo Geo? Yeah, the slot-wise. slot, slot wise. Can you name? You should get all these. Yeah, one, two. There's a load of versions of one. Two, four, and six slots. And also, do I yeah. get a bonus point for some Neo Geo games came out on PCBs as well? No, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, uh, SVC Chaos came out on a PCB. So did Metal Slug X, I believe. And some of the King of Fighters games did as well. Ah. Mm. They're quite small boards, and on the end of the board is one of the stickers, like the side of a, um, a Neo Geo car. I've actually got one. That's how I know it. Oh, weird. Mm. I think Puzzle Bubble 2 came out on a PCB as well. That is, I never knew that. Mm. You learn something new when doing the podcast. Absolutely. Right, num- number nine out of, a t- out of the ten. Yes. Atari Breakout original game, nineteen seventy six. Can you do you know the theme, the breakout theme? It just clicked when I was looking. It, it, it's a guy breaking out of jail, isn't it? Yes, it's on the side of the cab. Yeah. Right. Can you name the side art? Would you just just have kind of? Yeah, it's a what, guy with sort of stripy prison gear on with a massive mallet smashing through the wall. What's he? He's not smashing through a wall. It's bricks, isn't it? Yeah, he's smashing through somebody else. A jail. The word is he's smashing through the word breakout. Oh, okay, I thought it was bricks in that round him. Is there bricks around him? No, not really. Not on the side art. It's just no, the word breakout. Okay. What's the What's the marquee look like? It's bricks and the breakout logo with a thing going through one of the letters. It's the guy smashing the word breakout again. More or less what I said. Well, I was thinking that. <laughs> bezel. What does the bezel look like? Bricks. <laughs> Orange can't just, bricks. Can I just keep saying bricks? I can until it comes right. Bricks. No, there's no bricks on the bezel. What? There should be. I'm going to redo yeah. it with bricks on it. I'm mad about bricks, me. I love a brick. <laughs> I love brick. It's it's the jail guys. Prisoners. Just running a mark. He's everywhere. Idiot. Deserves right. to be inside. There's two of them with mallets and, mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. And a serve button. Serve. Right, last one now. The serve button's massive. Zor. Z-O-A-R. What type of game is Zor? Ooh. Zor. Zor. Ooh. Is it a vertical shooter? Yes, got that. Yeah, sort of remember that game. Who? These are bonus questions. By who? Oh God, uh, Exidy, Data East again. Mm. What year? It's another bonus question. Eighty-three, eighty-four. 
And it copies Xevious. In what way does it copy Xevious? It's got a bomb button. Yes. So you can well, bomb down to the ground. Yeah, so you got 17. 17 out of 10, that's not bad. 17 out of 10, that's not bad. You didn't get you didn't get some of the ones I thought you'd get. Mm. Mm. That, that Neo Geo one was hard, though. Yes. So, well done. Let's move on to some other things. Oh, look at this. Let's talk about nostalgia for a little bit. This is Chris Greenhill again. Thank you, Chris. And he writes, good morning. Having only recently discovered this fine podcast, I have significant catch-up and a great backlog of the previous episodes to work my way through. The episodes I've listened to so far have been very entertaining. I'm relatively new to the arcade hobby. All of my arcade gaming is via emulation and various official releases. Neo Geo Arcade Pro, Capcom Home Arcade, At Games Legends Ultimate and several arcade one-up cabs, the few that have made their way to the UK. It's fascinating to hear about the work you do making cabs and working with PCBs. But my real interest is lies in the history of arcades, especially here in the UK. My first ever arcade experience was Bomb Jack in a chip shop not far from my mum and dad's house growing up. Once a month we'd get a chippy dinner, probably for my dad's payday. I used to walk with him, hoping for a long queue in the shop so I got more time to play. After listening to one of the episodes of the podcast, I downloaded Arcade Sidekick and have started recording some of my scores. I've assumed you log the score using only one credit, so looking at the leaderboards, I have plenty of improving to do. My profile name is Small Space Arcade. I'll be grateful if you read this out on the next episode, as it would be nice to get a few friends on the app, so everyone should go and befriend him on there. Again, thank you for the great show. I look forward to the next episode. Regards, Small Space Arcade, or Chris, in the real world. Thank you, Chris. I'm sure loads of people will flock to uh, your scores on Arcade Sidekick, and uh, hopefully you can get challenging some people on there. Be good. Feature game review. Right, feature game review. This is one you picked, Mr. Marland. Sorry about that. And mm-hmm. it is 1943, The Battle of Midway. Midway what the Kaiser. f is it? <laughs> What the flip is it, Sean? Capcom 1987, sequel to 1942. You've got an eight-way stick and two buttons, not three. Yes, Lots two of buttons. Twitter talk on that. Fire and the second button's called Mega Crash. That would be a good uh, a, a question to ask in a quiz, wouldn't it? What's the second button on 1943 called? It's not Bomb, it's Mega Crash. I'll say that for next time. If you press Fire and Mega Crash, you do a roll... Like yes. 1942. If if you press Mega Crash on its own, then you do one of the screen wiping things like a tsunami, a hurricane, oh, a smart bomb thing, in it. Yeah, a, a, a big load of chips. Chips. Of, yeah, a big load of chips. Barrage of chips. Yes. Greasy. Sound is a CPU <laughs> Z80 at six megahertz. No, the CPU is at six megahertz. Sound chip is a Yamaha YM whatever. And it sounds like this. There's no implausible backstory. It's World War Two. Yeah. Yeah. Not great. I've put here. 
a faster, sleeker, better looking and better sounding version of 1942. Mm. You are again a Lockheed P-38 Lightning flying over land, sea, shooting boats and planes, etc. There's 16 stages, not 33, like there is on 1942, so, which is no bad thing. I think 1942 could be a bit long. Mm. Press fire and second button together to, yeah, we've gone through that. Mega crash. Oh, it's a thunder, a whirlwind, a tsunami or a tsunami. So it's one of them three things that happens when you press Mega Crash on its own. Mm-hmm. Fight your way through the aerial assault and blasts and boats. Visual contact with surface forces commences. This is an end of most of the end of level bosses are boats. Sometimes they're planes. Mm. You've got to destroy a certain percentage of the the baddie baddie right at the end. And if you don't, you have to fly over it again. Do it and again, it, yeah. And if you fail twice it just ends and you carry on to the next level so you don't have to kill it yeah but you do get a massive bonus if you do get 100% of it and obviously decreasing bonus is the decreasing amount of uh, percentage you've killed of it you get 50,000 uh, yeah 50,000 I think mm. but I think I've, I've kept trying to play it and I think if you destroy more than 65% of it it allows you to continue and finish the level yeah so this game has got a lot of things in it I mean, lots and lots of extras and secrets and weapons and all that sort of stuff. So you've got POWs, which is the one that when you shoot a load of red planes, like you do in 1942, you get a bonus thing that you pick up. And the first one is always a POW icon, which mm. is your power. Uh, and it gives you eight units of energy to restore your fuel bar, because you've got a fuel bar in this game. There's also a shotgun, which is a short-range we- weapon, which fires a blast. You've got a three-way, which a lot of people tend to like using. It just fires three-way really quickly. Got an auto, which is a rapid fire thing, large caliber guns. It's very good for taking down the baddies, the boss baddies. This one, you've got a shell, which is uh, a high damaging shell in a straight line with no spread, and you've also got an energy tank. So if you shoot the items uh, when they when they land, the POWs, they turn into different. They usually go POW, then shotgun, then back to POW, then the three, then back to POW, and you just sort of you've got to shoot them quite quickly to cycle through them. And the last one is the energy tank which is 24 units of energy, which is three times as much as the normal POW, and usually fills up your whole energy. So if you're in a, in a real bind, you need to get this. You've got to shoot it a ton of times to get it, and if you go over it, it'll go back to the POW again. So you'll be careful how many times you shoot it, which is quite difficult to do and get it right without shooting it too many times, as well as everything else trying to shoot you, and you've got to dodge everything else. So it's quite difficult to do this. You also yeah. get... Side fighters, like you do in 1942, you get two planes come to do drones either side of you to help you shoot. You get there's a thing called a, a Maniki Nico, which is uh, it allows the plane the player's plane to fire higher powered piercing laser blasts. I've never seen that one. I got it a couple of times. Yeah, there's the Yashishi, which is the the Capcom thing. It looks like a little whirlwind, and it completely restores all of your super aces energy. So on Capcom games, when you get this, it's usually a really good bonus or lots of points. It's in loads of Capcom games. I think all the early ones have got your shishis in there. It must be some sort of like good luck symbol or something. You get a star, which is I've never seen. Uh, it's even harder than the shishi. Collecting the star gives you 5,000 bonus points and completely fills up your weapon timer because your, your weapons are timed as well. There's also... This, these are all really common Capcom things. The bonus items, you've got bamboo shoots, which also seem... Games like Sonson, you get Strawberries. I think they're in in uh, a lot of the Capcom games. They're in Command, not Commando. I think and Black seen, Tiger and yeah, the Black Tiger, like the Barrel, 
you see in lots of Capcom games. Dragonfly, I've seen that in XZXs a few times. The Cow, I've seen in 1942. And it's a Moby Chan, which looks like a little sort of um, little sort of robot kind of thing. From Sidearms. There's yeah. lots of different things in here, isn't there, from different games. Which I quite like. Capcom do like doing that. They go back to their old games and put things in that are familiar with other games. Sega did a lot of that as well. Mm. So, let's have a talk about this, shall we? Go on then. This is your bugbear, isn't it? Yeah, you've got you've got to shoot the when the power up comes. You've got to shoot it really quick. If you shoot it three times, then you get this shotgun, which is useless. So yes. You got to shoot it again three times to get back to the power up, and shoot it again to get the first decent weapon, which is the spread shot. Yes. But you've got to do that while everything else is around you. You you can't you concentrate on that. You die. Gets too busy, doesn't it? Yeah, you can you can do it easy on the first level, but on the second level, when you you don't know how many times you've shot it, you just shoot. You're just trying to survive. You end yeah. up getting power, and it's just very annoying concentrating on a power at more than the gameplay. So I think Charlie Farr coined the phrase "weapon admin" or "pickup admin." I think he called it. <laughs> so you're you're trying to shoot the things. Are trying to get the weapon you want while everything else is trying to kill you and you can't shoot it while you're trying to concentrate on that. It's very similar to was it bells and whistles we played? That was very mm-hmm. you're shooting the weapon, the bells all the time to try and get a decent weapon, and you're sort of missing everything else that's going around you and things are shooting you at the same time. Parodius is similar because that's got the bell system in it as well, and it's a bit annoying trying to get. It's better just to have a, a weapon floating around that you might want, and if you don't want it, just leave it. And wait for the there next is, one. There is a few like that where you can pick them up and they're just static weapons. Yeah. But yeah, the things, that, other things that, that annoy me is the big planes moving up and down in elevation. So you can't shoot them, you can't yes. shoot them. Then they come out of the clouds, you can shoot them for one second, then they go back down again. However fast you shoot them, you, you can... While well, they're still shooting at you. You got th- about three times before you shoot them. Yeah. Now, yeah, and I put, this suffers from Gradius Syndrome. Well, if you get to a boss battle with stock bullets, there you have very little chance of defeating it. I've, I've to, had a few times where I've died beforehand, had the stock weapon, and then had to try and do the plane twice because you haven't got enough firepower. You can't fire quickly enough, even with a rapid fire on your fingers, to kill the thing off. You need a decent weapon. And when I was watching experts play out on YouTube... They got hold of the rapid fire weapon and kept it and kept getting it to keep it up so you can get more seconds on it. Cause it's, it's a timer. You get about 20 seconds or something. But if you get it again, you double the time. So you can keep that. And when you get that one, it's really easy to kill off the bosses if, you, if you've got that weapon all the time. But you just got to mm. go through these flipping things trying to keep the same weapon. And it's very difficult concentrating on everything else that's going on because it is a really busy game. It's almost like a schmuck. It's almost like a, a Dan Maku game. It's just bullets everywhere, and also the mm. planes trying to hit you. They're all over the place as well. It's just it's a bit of a mess, really. Because we are playing on medium level. It goes from one to sixteen. Sixteen being the hardest, eight being medium, and one being easy. And we're playing on eight, and it seems very difficult halfway through on eight. For me, mm. so yeah, there's lots of a... I can see lots of swearing in these notes. There's <laughs> loads, of, and you did these notes, loads of swearing. So, yeah, like the power up, you've got seconds to hit it. It moves down the it moves down the screen pretty quick, and if you hit it, it does sort of stop its ascent a little bit, descent. But so I just I'm just going to go through some of the the language on these notes. Is the, the thing that says 
it starts off annoying as SH, and then it says, uh, shoot the effing thing exactly six times. <laughs> F that. What else is there? There's lots of swears on this shit one. You bad man. You bad yeah. man. Uh, tips and secrets. You don't actually die when you... Yeah, that's, that's another very helpful thing. We found this out at Blackpool, didn't we? Yeah, I think me and Charlie Farr was playing it, and I got to the bit where I got no energy left. And he said, oh, I didn't realise you don't die when you're on zero energy, but the next hit will kill you, like 1942. So you mm. can actually survive. As long as you don't get hit by anything, you can keep playing. So when your energy gets to nothing, you don't die. You keep going to like one last hit. Which is sort of fair. It does give you a bit of a reprise, reprieve. Sorry. Yeah. So you can do that. Yeah. Uh, two so player you can mode. Do that. Two <laughs> player mode. But when both players overlap their screen, overlap on the screen, they can swap energy between themselves. That's quite clever. Don't you? You sort of model yourself up when you hit each other. You sort of bounce each other out of the way and move around. I don't know. I've never tried it. No, I've never played two-player together with anyone, so I don't know. Hmm. Um, when you get the weapon power-ups, and it says that you, you get like tw- it's 20 seconds you get, I think. Yes. And you get another one, it goes to 40 seconds. You get a different weapon, it will still stay at 40 seconds. So that's, yeah. quite, so you, that's yeah, quite good. Yeah, pretty good. I didn't know this. There's a little tip you found here. Full ammunition load. A little-known trick in the game is to hold down the fire button at the very end of a board immediately after beating the boss. But holding on the button until the plane takes off in the subsequent board, the game gives you a full ammunition load, 65 seconds, which is ages on this game. The trick mm. only works every third board or so, and it may even change your selected weapon. So that must be a bug. It sounds like a bug in the game, not a yeah. cheat. Especially if it changes the weapon. It sounds like it's sort of it's a bug there somewhere. Even that's crap. Uh, there's, lots of, <laughs> there's lots of hidden stuff to find. Read the main info files, lots of hidden stuff. Yeah, loads and, of and, tips and secrets, yeah. And some really good advice here from Michael Tillander, who's who's the author of that Twin Tiger Shark PCB. Is that out Yeah, yet? I don't know, but um, I want to play that. It looks good. It's a very toa planish. It's, it's yes. fl- flying shark and something to get... An homage. To, yeah, then two together. He's put, never pick up a POW if you're low on weapon time. Without a weapon, you're doomed. But without energy, you have until you're hit, at least. The game gives you energy mid-stage most of the time. I only use the three-way. Bosses get a bit harder to kill, but it feels safer. I have a much slower constant tapping rate of the fire button most of the time, saving my energy for la- larger ones. Mm. Do you know, I've never thought of that in a shoot-em-up, just pressing it like lightly, and then when you get to some... Uh, like a boss going mad. Go like a mental. Go like a mentalist. A crazy thing. Oh, and another thing is to use as many smart bombs as you can on the bosses, firing away while it's animating. Oh, okay. I, didn't, uh... I, I tend not to use the smart bombs on a lot of these shooter games. Like in 42, I hardly ever use a roll button. Hardly ever. Probably to my disadvantage, actually. Mm. I think you do need to on the later levels, don't you? Yeah, it gets you out of some trouble. Mm. Trouble. Trouble. I like the graphics and sound. I like the graphics, sound effects, and music. It's clearly a step up from 1942. Yes. It's, it's sleeker. The music's better. The animation's better. The, the gameplay's faster, but, but the power-ups. Oh, oh, God, oh the power-ups. I agree. Um, I've got, I think I've got, or I used to have, uh, a bootleg board of 1943. And I think the hardware looks exactly the same as 1942. 
So maybe it's just maybe it's got more ROMs, bigger ROMs to put the graphics and sound in. I don't know, but the, the boards look exactly the same from what I remember. So we saw when was it Play Expo recently? There was a cab there, and you've put on it. Was there any side art? There may have been, but this isn't an original 1943 cab because there wasn't one. It was a kit mm-hmm. only. That yeah. cab you're seeing there is an American Dynamo cab, oh. which a lot of Street Fighter twos were put into. I think it was it was like a generic American cab, like we had Goliaths over here, and games. Well, you know, sort of, yeah, and that is a, you can always tell a Dynamo because you see the the weird little beveled angles on the control panel. That's how you know it's mm. a dynamo. Ah. So that was a common American machine that was converted into games like Street Fighter Night 43, etc., etc. Oh. Trivia. Sean came very close to smashing his CRT with a hammer in frustrating when play in frustration when playing this game. That's some good trivia for you, isn't it? Oh, yeah. you child. What's the matter with you? <laughs> <laughs> so let's do some scores. You've got a ton to get through, so let's do them quickly. Dave Flinster, zero points. Typical. First podcast I get to listen to in probably 12 months, and the week's game is 1943. I'm not the ball right for my PCB. Oh, it's 1943 Kai, which is a slightly different game. Yeah, there is. There's 60 players, and the only other time we've got 60 is when we did Donkey Kong. Wow. What are, these, so, what are these suckers doing? I mean, what are these players doing playing this game? And it gets a very good review on Sidekick. It gets, it gets 7.3 out I'm, of 50. I'm not sure why. But let's do no. the scores anyway. Let's whiz through uh, them. Adam Pisces, 28,100. Rob McCraft, 37,600. Obliski, 44,500. Kitty Ping, 55,700. Don Gratton, finally a gamer will be proud to walk into an arcade and play after months of maze and chops to be button mashing crap. <laughs> what we've been speaking. What was his score? 55,900, sorry. Retro Rob, 59,100. Peter came and Sweden's back. 61,700. Here's my first couple of tries on the Mister. Hope to get an improvement before the score deadline. I thought I think that was it though. Retro Rex, 62,100. Dr. Goggles, 67,000. Retro Paul, 69,800. Chef Fats, Chef Fats, 71,300. Cheeky Blighter, 83,970. Ed the Horse. <laughs> <laughs> That's a robot horse. It sounds 86. like a phone. Yes, a phone horse. Uh, 86, 700. My score, pathetic, 90,880. Oh, I did put his score in, Chris Greenhill. 92,000, seed feedback for comments. Uh, Brian Haribo, 93,160. And he says, gunsmoke with planes and sea, loops and big ships, which is not Ooh. a good thing to call it. Michael Vortman, it's got more, more energy bar, more power, it's more graphic effects, but sometimes less is more. Never reaches the pure elegance of its predecessor for me. Exactly. Score? 93, 400. I keep forgetting the score, don't you I? You do, which is what we're reading out, Sean. Yeah. Swiss list, 94,000 <laughs> dead. Mr. Dunno, 96, 300. J. Ping Barber, 99,260. And he says, don't like it. Good to try something original, but it's too fiddly for my brain. Having to look for it at the health bar, having to avoid shooting the power-up and avoid bullets at the same time. The smart bomb costing you health is annoying. Oh, yeah, it does. When you press a smart yeah. bomb, you lose some health as well. Looking forward to the next podcast. I completely agree with you there, mate. Adam Flint, 104, 600, my current high score. I may submit a higher score before the deadline. I can manage 
if I can manage to beat it, but I have hit my ceiling, I think. And I forgot to set my tinkle pit score before the deadline, so no chances this time. Uh, P. Gids, 107,500. Stacey King, 124,150. I finally played the feature game after not playing for about two years. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Due to falling away from actually playing retro games, mm. I wanted to give more more time but ran out this month. The second level boss is a git. It is a git. And the basic gun is pants. Apparently, if you can get past level three, it starts to get easier. And for a couple of levels. you can actually use pants instead of a gun. Oh. That I may have made that up. Uh, Alex Arcade Archive. R Alex, 136,000 dead. My first chance to play it tonight. Not a bad score for one go. So I've changed his name now from Nintendo Arcade to Arcade Archive. Is is morphing into his final form, as you say. He is like a Pokemon from the from the fire of the ashes, ashes and flames. James Wisemids, we were talking about before. 137,650. Weirdly, my scores seem to go down the more tactically I try to play. I'm going back to Guzzler. Ooh. Next game, please. Cool. Zestora, 143,600. Majark, 47, Sal Bug, he's been on, 148,800. He says, great game, I really enjoyed it. I have to say I like the single ship with various power options mechanic. I thought it was refreshing. I also found it fun trying to balance weapon power-ups with strength power-ups. You are possibly the only person who liked this part of it. Mm. Virgil's anti, 159,20. Ivan Storm, 154,350. Jemmy Barnett, 156,840. Chris K. June, 158,200. Nick, 73, 163,800. Trying to get back into playing the monthly game. This one's fun, but not a fan of the shooting power-up cycle thing. No one is. No one ever. Yeah, Apart from Sal some. Bug. Sal, yeah. One too many things for my old brain to think about. Personally prefer the purity of 1942. Can't get past level two. I just did level two. That was my thing. Matthew Bridge, 164,490. One Punch Ron, Ron, 174,340. Some 1943 after the gym. Bit hard to fire quickly when your arms don't work. Still not beating that second boss either. Pilbo, 174,880. Mr. Tronads, 218,250. Danny Gill, our Daniel, 229,970. Andrew, 72389. 898. I think if you put your name in Twitter and just call yourself Andrew, they give you like... That, that's a snappy name, that is. You're Andrew number 7 million. Hi there, Andrew. 72389898 on here. Hello. Oh, hello. Mm. Loving 1943. Nowhere near, near as good as the original, but a superb shooter in its own right. And he got 256,000, Sean. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Old man Steve, 270,600. <laughs> End of level three. Might be as far as I got on one credit. I don't think I like the energy bar. But let me get away with some bad flying. I was always glad of a three-way. <laughs> ZX Michael, 282,500. Tagster, 286,270. Andrew, stuck on the M45, oh. 297,90. You, Mr. Holly, good score, 310,980. What level do you get to? Three. Mm. Got to so three. it's quite a lot of points after level two. Yeah, Massive I think scores after level two. Ross Ross, 342,650. That is uh, Ross Massive Bullet. What was he calling him again? Just Ross Ross. No, no, he's got a new name. He's got like like Massive Button Bullet Button. <laughs> Are you all right? Not really. It's been kind of losing it here. Kind of losing it. It's been me too long. Have you read his score out? Yeah, 340s. 
Yes. Have we already scored? I don't know. Swamp Donkey. That's a good name. 365.570. Last roll of the dice. Retro Ross. 388.170. A worthy sequel to the 1942. Mm. Tactical Giles. 406.340. Jeremy Riley. He's good at this one. 429,300. And he says an average shooter. The energy bar is a good idea, but lacks player feedback on hits, and the power-ups are painful, especially the stupid shotgun. I did manage to beat a score set by a friend 10 years ago, so that's a good thing, but 1943 and I are done. We're done. Next, please. Next, please. Neil's 20 to 5. We're in the points now. 474, 390. Enjoyed it more than I thought, but the cycling of power-ups is completely spoils the fluency. Ready for next. Was trying was more fun trying to get a level one high score which he was doing with Rygar which was 251 500 how the hell did he get that don't know mad Mr Messi 508,880 1943 oh we did this earlier didn't we yeah he reckons it's 79 years old clever KMA 886,300 massive scores they're getting bigger as well Rygar 387,600 sorry 887,600. Finally made past the end of level 4 baddie. As has been mentioned already, things get a lot easier after this. I made it through to level 9 when dodging the bullets gets difficult. I think I'm starting to lo- find some love for 1943. Sounds like it. Mm, good score from Sol here. Oh, wow. 1,003,490. Well played, Sol. Welcome to the Millionaire's Club. Club, it's a club for millionaires. It's very expensive to get in and the drinks are not free. Club, club, was that Club Tropicana? Did you ever go to Club Tropicana? Please stop. Please stop. Okay. Dave Lightbulb <laughs> used to live near me. 1.687150 million. Michael Tillander. 1,870,740. I crushed my old, old high score. Made it to the end of level 12. Wow. And I died just in front of the tank refill formation before the boat. Ooh. And I got a spaceman at the stage four boat. Well, that's a lot of points, I think. I don't know. First time having a proper game after having picked it up. Wow. Right, we've got a massive jump here again now. Uh, in second place, Mr. Berserker, 3,5880 points. And in first place is Shoot 'em Up Supremo. Extraordinaire. Whenever he plays a game, Shoot 'em Up, he just comes first all the time. He's yes. Charlie Fire of Shoot 'em Ups. 3 million. 286,690. Well done, Pearl. Well done, Pearl. Massive scores. I wonder if he actually completed it. Don't know. Because in 1942, when you complete the game, which is about 1 to 3 million points, you get 10 million points at the end. The score's <laughs> always like, you know, it's huge. I, I don't think it does this because you would have got, you would have had 13 million points or whatever, mm-hmm. wouldn't you? I did credit through it and, he, and um, yeah, I'll talk about that in a minute. Right, ports and sequels. This is a bit confusing. Go on. Firstly, you've got the normal one. This one we're playing is 1943, the Battle of Midway, or in Japan, Midway Kaizen. Yes. Then you've got 1943 Kai, Midway Kaizen, which is different graphics and different enemy attacks. Yeah. But, but it's still really hard. Yes. And then you've got 1943, the Battle of Midway Mark II, which oh. is really the same as Midway Kaizen. So I think that's the Western version that Williams licensed. Yes. And then you've got 1941 yes. Counter-Attack, which is the one where you bounce off the walls, which is quite clever in that you go through like little 
little oh, sort of aven- yeah. avenues, and she bounce off a wall. You spin, and you like do like yes, spinny bullets, spinny bullets. Nineteen XX, the war against destiny. I can't remember that one. I was playing a couple of years ago. Nineteen forty-four, the Loot Master, which is the Neo Geo one, so it's horizontal. That's good. That's more. That's not a Capcom thing. That's eighteen rising. So that's getting yeah, more they bullet hell. Farmed that out to another company, didn't they? And there's lots of other unofficial 1940 summer stuff from different developers. There was not... a 1945 from Sikio. Yeah. And it was 1945-2, Strikers, yeah. Yeah, Strikers there's a bunch of them. I don't like those ones at all. I really don't like Sikio games, though. I, I know you do. I don't. We did one. I think we did three. Yeah. Not a fan. As many loads of console and computer versions and compilations. So there was one a few years low. ago on the 360, wasn't there? Well, more than a few years ago now. So I remember as an official 1940 something game, I think Capcom did on the 360. I remember getting it yonks ago. Mm. Yeah. Changes and improvements. Uh oh, here we go. I've cut all the swearing out of this now. Yes. The power-up system ruins this game for me. I think I think that's why I'm so disappointed with it because it is a good. You're not angry. You're disappointed. disappointed. Yeah. There's load. There's if you get a decent power-up system, there's brilliant attack waves. It's frantic. There's loads of shooting. The, the speed of the ship's good. If you add, if you add. The, the right power-up system, it will be an excellent shooter, I think. That's you why do I'm get so lots of power-ups as well, and that's another thing that sort of ruins it for me. The, for me, it's the difficulty level for a start. It's too hard, just because there's so many bullets, so many planes after you, and you've got to deal with the, shoot, with the weapons and stuff, which is not too bad, but when there's a lot of stuff going on, it doesn't give you a second to work out what you're doing. But if it... If there was as many power-ups as it had, but, you know, the first power-up was just a POW, then the next one is going to be, you know, the three-way, then it's going to be another power-up, and then it's another, you know, the, the shotgun. And you can sort of leave the ones you don't want rather than trying to cycle through them. And every mm-hmm. other one is a POW to help your, your health or your fuel, whatever you want to call it. That would be a better idea. But for me, the thing that killed it is this level eight business, which is like the medium difficulty level of the game. I played it on one, and it's a really enjoyable game. You can get further through the game. It's just, it is easier, obviously, but it just makes it more fun. And I'm going to leave my version on my main cab at level one, because it's actually a fun game to play. But on eight, it's just too hard, and it ruins it for me. But some people just get on with it. I mean, I've seen, I mean, I know American friends and people on Twitter and whoever you see, always enjoy, they always say 1943 is a better game than 42. It's always better. I think it's nowhere near as good because 42 is just much more playable. I can, I can get a lot further in 42 than 43. But 43 on the easier level, I much, much, much more enjoy. But on 8, mm, nah. Some of the Toa Plan games, when they started making them really hard and they... They made games, they called them memorizer games, where the bullets are so fast yeah. that you have to memorize where you're going to be on the screen to Not dodge for me. It. Not for me. And, and that was a lot of the Topolan games. They did make them easier for sometimes. Mm. But that, that when I was playing, that, that gets to be a memorizer game because you cannot dodge these really fast bullets. You've got to be in the right place so they just gave you a scoot under you or go over you. Yeah, I can't be... It's almost like playing... 
a pattern game, you know, like, mm. a, like a maze game or something. I just can't be dealing with it. I don't want to do the same thing over and over again in the same place, otherwise you get killed. It just, it just gets dull. I mean, if you've got a good memory, you'll be able to do the game. Just play it forever. If you haven't, or you know, your brain doesn't work that way, you just can't play it. So it's just... so um. we're on to annoy. Enjoy. For you, Sean, I can probably guess this one. Annoy annoy. Um, a, f- a fluid, likable shooter ruined for me by a power in power up system. You end up concentrating more than the enemies, and so therefore die a lot. That's what I said earlier. It's 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 a it's a shame that it's for me ruined by this power up system that just is. Are you listening so, to this, Capcom? Are you listening? So fiddly, so fiddly. Yeah. But yeah, it's got a lot of love though. It's like seven point five on Sidekick. For me, also annoy. Not quite for the same, almost the same reasons. You know, getting the power ups makes it difficult. It's just the difficulty for me. But on one, I quite like it. On the easier mm-hmm. level setting, I quite like it. But on A, which we're playing here, which is the standard, no chance. Annoys the heck out of me. It, it, I can get to sort of the same spot every single time and I can't progress and it just annoys me and I don't want to play it anymore. Not on those levels. I'll leave it on level one and play it. Mm. Level eight, no. If you just got... No. If you shot the the, the the little reg chips and then it started cycling through the power-ups that you could That'd get. be better, wouldn't it? Like certain games do, yeah. Like Raiden does, for instance. You can just go and grab it when it's on the one you want, yeah. Yeah, it'd be so much easier. Ooh, I wonder if someone could reprogram it for us. There's a challenge, clever people. That'd be a complete awesome. change of complete change of game, wouldn't it? So what? It'd be better, wouldn't it? Someone should do 1943 remix. Oh yeah. Right. The last word. What would we play instead of this? So I've put the whole 19 series: 1942, 19XX, 1941, 1944, Flying Shark. All simpler gameplay power-up mechanics. I'm going to go old school. 1942, of course. Volgus, of course. Exodexes, of course. Raiden. All mm-hmm. really cool shooters. Slightly older, apart from Raiden. Simpler games. Ones mm-hmm. that you don't have to mess about with getting weapons. A lot of them haven't got extra weapons. You know, you just shoot, shoot stuff. Simple as that. I also, I'm not happy about not keeping weapons for very long. It'd be on a timer. That annoys me. When I get a weapon, I want to keep it because that's usually when you get a weapon, say, in, in Gradius, you get the laser and you get some multiples. You want to keep them as long as possible, not run out after 20 seconds or something. That is annoying. That should be in the, in this, in the uh, difficulty settings. You should be able to keep the weapons or obviously be on a, a timer, you know, 20 seconds for medium level, five, 10 seconds for hard or whatever, or 50 or a, unlimited for easy level. I wonder if it actually is. I can't remember if it is or not. If you get more time with your weapons on the easier levels, I don't I'm know. Sure. You can sure. put the cheats on. I put the cheats on and put a really good weapon on. That's because you're a cheating get. And just put endless lives on and just credited through. It's quite enjoyable. Though. I can't remember how to put the cheats on, Mame, so I don't ever use them. I can't remember. I don't <laughs> think my main setup on my my crappy Windows PC has actually got cheats on it. I don't think it has. It's not got the setting on there for doing it. Can't remember. It's just a little file you ought to put in somewhere. Okay. 
Right, enough with this frivolity. Next show's game. Next show's game. My choice. Uh-oh. I've done a bit of research on this. It's good. And I've played it on and off for years. So here we go. Okay. I've played it once or twice. We've not played many Fight and Go Rights in about a year, actually. Not not decent. Apart from Punisher about two episodes ago. No, that's a brawler. It's not really a fighting. It's, it's a fighting. A... Which, which direction are you going, Sean? You go up and down to your left and no, right. No, no. Which direction do you go to progress through the game, Sean? You go left. I think you find it's right. Uh, but they're called brawlers. Oh, and what are you not... doing while you're doing that? Uh, fighting. You, 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 you're spreading the word of the Lord. Fighting and go writing. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's, so, um... what game is it? It's a brawler. This is Spin Master. Spin Master? Spin Master, otherwise known as Miracle Adventure. Oh, is it? We're on that data east a lot today. Data east. Data east. ROM is Spin Master. Spin, S-P-I-N-M-A-S-T. Just use the first, you know, the MAME gives you a choice of BIOS. Just use the first one, Europe NVS, version 2 BIOS. Mm -hmm. Lives, 3, default. Difficulty, 4, default, which is always Neo Geo, isn't it? Bomber, 2. I'm not sure what Bomber is, I can't remember. Bomber? Is, is it just smart bombs? It must be a thing. I can't remember. I know I know you got hit people with your yo-yo. Yo-yo. Yeah. And it's like a platformy, runny, gunny, platformy typey thing yeah. with really cute it, graphics. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. It yeah. does look lovely. Yeah, I remember now. Okay. So play that for a month, kids. I will have a go at that. Sounds good to me. And submit your score to. You've got to only use arcade ROMs, please, on an emulator or a mister or a proper board, whatever. Don't use computer or console compilation because they may be different versions. You can put your scores to Twitter, hashtag 10 score, and talk about the game on there. Sidekick app on the 10 pence club section. You can email the site, which is vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can go on our Facebook page as a comment on the podcast post. You can go on UK VAC forum. Uh, you can use a bewildered badger, a senile squirrel, or a demented deer. Just whisper in their ear. I got 48,600. Three lives. <laughs> and the deadline for score submissions is Monday, 5th of December. Coming up to Christmas time soon. 5pm UK time, please. Now, go away. We're just just looking at the 10... No, they've got to go away. Go on, go. The Will high score go, league. Go. The high score league. Right, Mr. Rygar has, has run away with it. He's won it again this year. He's off. So... So we used to do a first behind Charlie Farr thing, didn't we? But he yeah. he's not playing so much now. He's doing a lot on Twitch. So Rygar at the minute has got 77 points. Okay. So n no one can beat him. No one can beat him. In second place with 44 points mm -hmm. is Mr. 20 to 5. He's been doing well, that lad. I come second last year. Did you know that? Come second. I don't care. All right. I'm, I'm in third this year. But yeah, Mr. 20 to 5 with 44 points. All he's got to do is play a game mm -hmm. and get 45. But if, if actually, if I get 10 points... You're not going to get 10 points. No, I'm not going to get 10 points. I'm the only one that can catch him, and that's a very, very slim chance. So Mr. 20 to 5 is won the new award, which is called First Behind Rygar Contest. Ooh, what does he get for that? T-shirt. Oh, get him a T-shirt. I think this, his size is burly. 
Size of t-shirt? Burly. <laughs> okay. Can they now sod off? Yeah, thanks for listening, kids. I'm normally very positive about games, but I just can't do it with this one. I have, I don't understand the love for it, but there is a lot of love for it because it's, it's like seven... On love the don't live here anymore. Oh, ding, ding, ding. You abandoned me. Love don't Dog's going to start for it. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you. Cheers. See you, kids. Goodbye. Just a little addendum to that last bit. Rygar has actually got 85 points. I missed missed putting Punisher on. Neil 25 has got 50 and I've got 36. So it does still stand. Mr. Neil 25 has won the first behind Rygar Common Test 2022. Thank you, loves. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pence.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pence.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10pence.co.uk and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered.